This is episode number 342 of the Inner Fight Podcast as we answer your questions. Welcome back to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast brought to you by Smith Street Paleo. Remember, hop over to iTunes, rate, review the podcast, tell all your friends about it, and we will send you a goodie bag of Smith Street Paleo stuff. In this show, we're taking your questions. People have mailed us questions, winning at innerfight.com. Questions that people have asked us whilst we're coaching, questions that people have left in the gym. All your questions with our answers. No matter where you are in the world, thanks for tuning in. Let's jump into today's show. This is it, Andre. We've opened ourselves up. The new format, we've been rolling out different shows. Guests, check. Yep. Topics, check. And this is the first in our new series, Questions. We've had really big demand on this one. Yeah. So many questions, both from members and listeners. Yeah. So if you don't get your question answered in this week's show, this will go around in about three weeks or four weeks, and we'll do another Q&A. We have about 30 questions, and it wouldn't be fair not to answer them all in great detail with scientific evidence and some general chit-chat. So, anyway, mate, let's get into it. I want to hit off. There's quite a lot of food ones. And I want to hit off with this one. I get hungry between lunch and dinner. What do you suggest for a snack? Smith Street Paleo Balls. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Straight up. Bosh! That wasn't even a setup. That was a legit question from someone like they genuinely get and this something guy. super simple i mean that that's what i do and yeah. um you, i think it's it's the in-between meals that often goes wrong yes <laughs> that that's why we start eating all the crap yeah um, and the, the paleo balls are just such a good solution for that because i have a close contact that works in smith street paleo i have i'm privy to the recipes mate i can we can share what's in those balls. oh really yeah. yeah 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 i can i can hook you up um good answer for, for for me why because it's nuts and it's dates so from the dates we're getting a little bit of sugar and from the nuts we're getting a little bit of fat we're obviously getting natural sugar from the dates so it lifts us up a little bit and the fat, when we're in a general fat-burning zone, if you want to know what I think about fat-burning zones, be sure to go and check out episode 336, Technology and Fitness, when we spoke all about heart rate and what's yeah. going on there. But when you're not, when you're just generally chilling, you're generally just, if you're at work, unless it's super, super stressful, but I don't think, I don't think anyone has an office job, uh, goes into the red with their heart rate. Very often, I don't hope so. <laughs> I hope not. But what it's what what's happening there is that you are actually burning fat. So those nuts and stuff, they're going to fill you up. Another thing, mate, that 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 I've suggested for a few people to use as a, as a snack is a like a vegetable. We'd, I'd call it a vegetable smoothie. So yeah. take something like uh, take your blender. Make sure it's a powerful one. If you want a really powerful blender, we used to sell them here. We don't have them anymore because the supplier shut down. But something like the Vitamix brand okay. from the States, about $600. It's quite punchy, but definitely worth it. And I would chuck in there kale, spinach, water, maybe some kiwi fruit, maybe some mango, ginger, fresh turmeric. It's super simple. Celery, like, 
cucumber, whatever seed yeah. vegetable. You don't grow. need to follow any specific recipes yeah. to take some healthy vegetables, smash them in there yeah. one by one and blend them up and drink it. And just drink it. And yeah. I think one of the things, like sometimes people say, oh, when it's a drink, it's not, uh, it doesn't sort of stick to me as much as when I'm chewing something. You can actually make a, a vegetable shake super thick if yeah. you wanted to. Like just put, obviously it sounds really obvious, but just put less water in it. And, you know, you, you're going to hit that. So that might be something as well that you, you pre-prepare. Um, you yeah. only have the sugars from, from the kiwi fruit and maybe from mango or chuck some dates in there. So you don't, again, you have a lot of, you just have natural sugar. But that's something that I really like to use as well. Super easy solution. Super easy. You just make a big portion in the morning. You can drink yep. it throughout all yeah. day. And that, that's actually something that, although it's not super related to this time of day and this question, but that's actually something that you could be using for, for breakfast as well. Yeah. Just a, a, a really easy smash all of your vegetables in your blender, blend them all up, some liquid, and it's it's just a drink. And it just solves so many problems. You yeah. know, you do, you're not going to doubt where you're going to have for breakfast and you end up eating some crap instead. Yeah. You just know you have that one shake and that's it. And that's it. That's a pretty pretty good way to kick it off, mate. What else? What do you like? What's jumping out on you there? Uh, I saw you guys coach Josh to a marathon row on just six weeks and he got a great time of three hours and six minutes. What would a great program? What would a program look like, basically? Yeah, what would that program look yeah. like? Uh, it's hell. Josh worked incredibly hard. Very, very hard. <laughs> like it's uh, in, in in a nutshell. The program I wrote his program. The program that I wrote for him was three sessions a week for six weeks. So he's got to get in, get on a rower for 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 those three sessions. Normally one on a weekend and then and then two during the week, so one to two days off in between them. It starts with an absolute brutal test. I do a twenty minute max distance test. Yeah. So and 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 we we actually do this across different sports. We do it as well in cycling to get a a power reading. We do that in CrossFit as well. We do that. Yeah. We, you've you've done a lot of that recently, yeah. haven't you? So twenty minutes is, is 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 a pretty good gauge. We can see. And what does that show? Aerobic capacity. <laughs> yeah. Or? I'm testing his yeah. aerobic capacity. Yeah. That, that's what I'm doing. And I we kind of brief people to go out. We call it. I think this is one of Flanners' favorite terms. Comfortably hard. Okay. So, you know, first five minutes, you're not just... what. The worst thing that we'd like to see is that you just sort of sort of just cruise through it and then the last three minutes pick it up. What we want, actually, is the last six minutes, you're hanging on for grim death. Then we know that you've done a proper aerobic capacity so test. So open up at a hard pace and just try to hang on. Just sort of try and hang on, which is easier said than done. Takes a little bit of, of a mental sort of toughness. From there, we can, we can gauge a little bit of pacing. I can also see how his heart goes. And based on what we know about distances covered and pacing, we can start to, from that early point, I can start. So all I'm, I, I care about is heart rate, and I care also about his uh, pace per 500 meters. Yeah, so you can kind of see whether he's, uh, you know, 500 strokes per, yeah. per hour or if, exactly. if he's uh, just super powerful athlete. Super powerful, just, exactly. You know, a few strokes per minute. Interesting. interesting. Exactly, mate. So, and then, and then what those three sessions a week will look like, at least one, if not two of them, will just be absolutely all in. So this is real sort of red line stuff, like how, how hard you can bury yourself. It'll be, it'll be 10, 10 or 15, 500 meters with two-minute rest. Yeah. 
and I'll play with the pacing so I wouldn't always get it right in the first week but so you do your 20 minute test and then one of my favorite follow-up sessions from that so so that I can actually make so that I can know if someone's serious is 15 500s with two minute rest yeah and if you get through those first two tests you you've got a set of balls and you actually want to do this if you get to effort number seven on the 500s and suddenly your Garmin doesn't work or your your screen doesn't work, I know you don't want it. So, so when you have a client that wants a rowing program, you yeah. need both them to track the heart rate and yeah. take a picture of the screen? Yeah, that so that, that's the most important thing, mate. We, we won't really work with anyone. As, as you saw when you started working with the guys in the States, we and, 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 and we spoke about in the technology and fitness show, we won't work with anyone that doesn't have a a heart rate monitor yeah. the most important thing is the is is the heart rate and then those two things that we just spoke about uh, stroke rate and speed per 500 yeah with training peaks again if you want to know what training peaks is i'm not going to go into it now episode 336 we talk all about it it tracks all of these things but you have to put the data in you could also you can also attach images to your to your workout yeah. so that's what josh does so yeah and then mate the other the third session of the week is what we call lsd Long, slow distance. So it's not quite what you think it is, no. but it it'll be so. If I I can almost figure out sort of where the where the comfort zone is, where that fat burning zone is, before he dips into those carbohydrates, yeah. and we'll just get them to do at the start and relatively nice to people. They'll just do like forty minutes or an hour. As it gets longer, that'll go to fifteen k's. Yeah. 20Ks, 25Ks. Uh, Josh did a 30K as well. So wow. each week I, I just increased that that distance, but we remain. And this is a row that's done completely on heart rate. So, you know, it'll be a 135 or a 140 heart rate. Yeah. You won't go above that for the so whole time. So he just time. keeps checking his watch to see. Just keep checking. It's and, and this is the thing, mate. This is what's crazy. And I don't want to put people off, but... You're with with the way that I write the program is you're either deep deep in pain, or you're literally just sat there going, "When is this going to end?" And both of them <laughs> are super mentally challenging. Super mentally challenging because the boring long ones are just as hard yeah. as the sprints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's just it's literally like you're on there. It's it's a distance, but I'm not letting you. I'm telling you to row 10k, but I'm not. I'm telling you to do it at my pace, which yeah. is very slow. So, like, when Josh started, that would be about a 220 or a yeah. 225 500-meter split. Wow. So, literally, you, 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 it's super slow. And with a stroke rate of about 18 to 20 strokes. That is super, super slow. Super slow. I've, so, I think one thing I really, you know, notice with Josh and notice with, with this whole program is that it's – one thing is the program. Another thing is the whole effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guys that I work with, uh, with with my programming training think tank, they they have their ma- mantra, which is effort is a choice. Right. And I think that's a great, great way to look at it. Yeah. You can get on this six-week program and you won't progress at all if you don't put in the effort. Yeah. And I think Josh was a great example of Josh. really putting in the effort. I remember him sending you one picture of, of his, his heart rate and he's yeah. like, yeah, so it was a pretty hard session. He's been at like 190 for 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. Yeah, no shit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it goes, you know, and it's like, but I, I think as well, and it does, it, it takes a special kind of person if you get addicted to the numbers. 
we're all motivated and addicted to numbers when we see it go. So, you know, he'd start out and his first, let's take his first 10K. I'm, I'm sort of plucking these a little bit without having the data. It was at about a 225. His last, and then he, he did a marathon uh, about 10 days out or 12 days out before. He did a half marathon 12 days out before his marathon. He did that at a 208 pace yeah so he's gone from a 225 just for that 10k he's taking it right down so you know the progress is 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 super measurable so it's a it's a super cool thing to do if if anyone wants is keen on something like that then just give me a shout yeah mate this one this is for you can you name one movement or skill stroke complex a little bit of a spelling mistake there. That best demonstrates a good global mobility of the body. We spoke about mobility and we spoke about movement a lot in the last show, show number 340. But I do think this is a good question. Is there one skill or complex that demonstrates a good global mobility of the body? An overhead squad. That's the one, huh? I think that will show... I had a feeling you'd say that. <clears throat> that will show your overhead mobility. It will show your bottom position mobility. Yeah. You know, just in Squat. general, how the whole body it yeah. works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that will be one. If not, a Jefferson curl. Um, yeah. Where you stand fully extended, straight legs. You have either a barbell or nothing or yeah. a dumbbell or whatever, an odd object Throw in your hands. All the way down. You stand fully extended, arms straight, and then you basically just fold one vertebra at a time. Yeah. And... It's like the worst deadlift you can ever imagine, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And you roll as far down as you possibly can. That yeah. will show basically how flexible your whole posterior chain is. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that's the. There's the one. One thing that they do do. They use the overhead squat on the level one course of CrossFit when yeah. you become a CrossFit coach. Now, what's your thoughts on that, mate? They use only a PVC pipe. When you put a, I don't want a decent load because some, a lot of people shouldn't be loaded at all. No. But a PVC pipe is, it's almost like doing it with nothing. Yeah. Incredibly, incredibly hard. We often see that when we take the PVC pipe to, we have a five kilo barbell. Yeah. It's very different. It's very different. So what should people, where's the, but then, then you see some people with a 10 kilo yeah. barbell and it's like they're going to snap their elbows in half. For you, where's the sort of, where's the line there? That's a tough one. I would say that I can perform an overhead squat with a PVC pipe exactly as I would perform an overhead squat with whatever normal whatever load you can imagine. <laughs> right. So I think it it can be a little bit. I hate when clients come up and say that. Oh, I can only do it when when it's heavier, or yeah, uh, like yeah, it's just empty bar. Like I, I can't perform the movement correctly because it's just too light. It's like yeah. no, that's not correct. Right. So I guess with the PVC pipe, it's a little bit the same. I think you should be able to perform a, an overhead squat with a PVC pipe. The Got only it. thing with that is it's it's a lot harder to feel where is the load. Where's right. the load gonna be? Right. So you'll see people. I'll t- you'll tell them do an overhead squat with the PVC pipe. Yeah. It's just gonna be sitting right in front of their face. Yeah. And they won't even notice. Yeah. Like, did I do it right? Yeah. It's like you couldn't feel that that bar wasn't over your head. No. 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 So I think if you have five kilo bars or yeah. ten kilo bars, yeah, it might be a good idea as long as it's performed under controlled circumstances and not in the middle of a workout. <laughs> 
It's like, oh yeah, just try to grab this bar of 60 kilo and let's amrab it for 20 minutes and see how it goes. <laughs> Mate, this is another one that I think uh, I think sort of comes under your domain a little bit uh, related to gymnastic movement, the pull-up. The, uh, this is something I've been meaning to ask for a while. Uh, what is a good exercise to do to replace pull-ups where there are no facilities available or, <laughs> I like this bit, or anywhere to hang from? So... Can we do a pulling movement with, yeah, with nothing to pull from? Like, and what could we possibly do to sort of substitute that? So if there's no rings, no they bar, don't, they don't let's, have let's just assume that. Nothing. You can go back to the basics. I mean, we look at what muscles are working when we're doing a pull-up, the last, the biceps, and so on. Right. We're going to try to activate those. So that could be a simple bend over row. Right. Uh, with a barbell or a dumbbell or a kettlebell. So you yep. just bend over. You can put. You can do both hands for one hand. Yep. And you just pull it, your elbow straight back and up. Right. That will get your bicep. It'll get your lad, your back, just and working. I mean, if you're really equipment depleted, you could do that with a with a with a six pack of water. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be one thing. <clears throat> I think another thing would just be to grab an elastic, attach it to something high, right. and just pull the last so you lay on the floor yep in a hollow body yep so that's where you kind of suck in your belly button squeeze your butt legs straight in front of you you grab the elastic and you pull it down to your hips right so with complete straight arms to activate your lats yeah and activate that hollow body that you essentially want to be in when you do a perfect pull-up that would be a like a uh, an elastic band like similar to the bands we got in our gym yeah that, that would almost be something that if you were thinking you were going to somewhere that doesn't have facilities, you could just take one of those because the number of uses for it are yeah. are infinite, really. Yeah, that that sort of and it's we we, we have generally there's three different types there's the green one which is quite a lot of resistance a blue one and a red one yeah. blue one sort of the middle resistance you can have a couple of those in your kit bag or in your yeah. travel bag that's Super a really good pro- idea progress if you're getting stronger yeah. than that and you could probably normally find somewhere to anchor it at the top and then pull it down. Yeah. I, I think sometimes maybe there's a little bit of a mindset thing on a pull-up, isn't there? If I'm not, like, directly pulling, yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it's kind of what you always say, that you need to just be able to feel yeah. that movement. So even just to wrap it around a street lamp and just pull it back yeah. and forward, even just retracting your, yeah. your scapula is going to be beneficial. And actually, you don't even need a place to hang from because... If you just have a rack, like a squad rack, yeah. you just put a barbell in the squad rack, yeah. you sit underneath the bar, yeah. and you do a pull-up. You do a pull-up. So you can have your, your knees bended, and you can support with your legs as much as you need. You can yeah. even lift the legs off the floor if you want to, if it's too easy. Yeah. Or you can lift one leg off, and you just pull yourself up and down. And one thing I do recommend is that you challenge your grip. Yeah. So, again, keep it constantly varied. You can go pronated grip where yeah. the thumbs are pointing towards each other. Yep. You can go a supinated where they're pointing away from each other. Yep. And you can even do a mixed grip. Mixed you can grip. do wide grip, narrow grip. Just keep challenging the body as many times, like as many ways as possible, and definitely think that you'll see the biggest progress. Quick one, mate. Thoughts on that? If we are changing the grip, if 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 we've got the thumbs in, do we always want it around the bar, or is it an option to have it over the bar? When the the thumb is below the bar, just like when you grab a barbell, yep. hopefully, hopefully, um, there's created a lot more torque in the forearm, yep. which is, means that the muscles in the forearm are activated a little bit different than if the thumb is over the bar. Yep. 
So that can be both good and bad. Obviously, yeah. you might get more fatigued by having the thumb under. Yeah. You, but you also might be able to recruit more muscle for the whoa for the movement. <laughs> Video issues, <laughs> technical issues um, that happens. So <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, I, I definitely falling apart. I would definitely recommend if your hands rip a lot to keep the thumb over. Yeah. Because like that, you'll be able to loosen up the grip a bit more. Right. Um, I definitely go always thumb over when it comes to keeping movements. And when it comes to strict movements, I'll keep the thumb under. Yeah. Just to recruit more forearm no, muscles. You, you just displayed the, your ultimate professionalism. One of the studio lights falls down and you just keep talking about the grip. Easy. I think that's uh, some pretty, pretty decent focus there. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. So if you're traveling, get an elastic, change up the grip, just feel feel what's going on i think yep. that's that's the most important thing and just think about the muscles that you're using in the pull-up and then just figure out a way to to make them work yep. you actually just do some curls with your suitcase i don't know let's look at what we have next yeah what what's jumping out of there mate that you like the look of i'm considering registering for a triathlon but want to keep my crossfit classes what's your advice and how to make the two work this is like as as endurance sport and triathlons and blah, 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 increase, this is probably the questions that we're getting asked the most. We're seeing people that have been coming to our class program for quite a long time. They now want to jump into this world of, of endurance and they, want, they don't want to give up what they have here. They yeah. want to keep going. They love Thursday therapy. They love the gymnastics class. They love weightlifting. I, I always say the same thing to people. I think if you've been coming to a CrossFit class for quite a while you've developed and you can move well you've developed quite a decent level of strength hopefully yeah you're already ahead of a lot of people that just go straight into endurance sports you've developed some core strength you've got some upper body strength and you've got some leg strength you've done your base work basically. you've done your base work so you have a lot of strength that transfers into that sport quite well yeah if you're able to you know use your hamstrings when you're running if you've got some calf strength all of these things and you know swimming if you've got some good rotational stuff all of the movement things we speak about you're already ahead you're in a good position so what i generally say to people is how good do you want to be in triathlon yeah one of my biggest hates about endurance sports and about triathlons is that the, the notion of just finishing a race uh, is way too w widely celebrated. Let's say that. Yeah. People give each other high fives and tell them how awesome they've done. Everyone gets a medal. Everyone gets a medal. <laughs> and it's just, in, in, without trying to sound demotivating, it's absolute bullshit. Because I believe that if you're going to do something, you should do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. When, when, I, when I did a lot of ultra running... I literally dedicated my time to do that. I picked out the CrossFit exercises which made me better at running, and I went as hard as I could. Yeah. Did, did, I, did I run every single footstep of the way across the Marathon de Sable? No, because I wasn't able to, and that, that was never the plan. But I went as hard as I could and finished in the top 400. And you prepared yourself for it. And I, exactly. We, we see this often, you know, oh, I want to row a marathon that we just... Like, yeah. like we just talked about. Yeah. Josh could have rode a marathon without the six, six weeks, weeks of training. Ago. Yeah, exactly. He can just go stroke grade, you know. Exactly. 18, pace three minutes per 500 meters. Yeah. He'll finish. 
and, Four and he doesn't deserve later. to yeah. you know get high fives and be a legend but yeah. now that he actually put in the work and smashed it yeah that's full that's respect. what that's what you celebrate it's the journey exactly. leading up to it exactly so i i you know there, there's one thing and i've had people do this and i think this is really cool as well there's people go i'm gonna do a triathlon i'm gonna absolutely break myself but i'm just gonna train from crossfit I'm going to say, I'm going to agree, constantly varied, high-intentional, functional movements is helping me to do what Greg Glassman said, play other sports, and I'm just going to go out and do it. Because yeah. I love CrossFit, but I want to complete this, this triathlon. I think that's cool. But I really think you've got to set your, your goal, and you've got to say, okay, I want to do a good job of this triathlon. And that may mean giving up CrossFit for yeah. a while. If you're running a marathon and you're really into running a marathon, it may mean it. Because you're going to walk in here on a Monday morning and there's going to be 75 thrusters on the board. Yeah. And you're going to do it because you're used to coming in here and just doing exactly what you're told. And then you're going to be asked to run, I don't know, 800s at, at four minutes a K. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be asked to run 5Ks like that in the evening. Are you going to be able to do it? Probably, but not with good results. And you won't get the benefits that and the adaptions that you want to. Exactly. So what you're saying is basically if you're taking stuff serious and you really want to do well, then cut the CrossFit and focus on what you want to do. Focus on what you want to do. Unless unless you're uber talented and you can mix and you can mix the two. Like I think and I think to be fair to him, I think Rob Jones is a great example of that. Yes. You know, he recently completed an Ironman triathlon. He'd done a few triathlons before. He'd done half Ironman. So it's not like he just went in and said, I'm going to do an Ironman. He'd done a few. He finished with a time of 11.25. Previous week, he'd done a 60K Ultra. A few weeks before that, we were riding in the Alps together. And I rewind to the start of the year, and he's done super well in the open. Exactly. So he's obviously got Getting some... CrossFit workouts five days yeah. a week. He's, he's got some respectable scores across a lot of different domains. Yeah. What I still ask myself is, okay, he did an Ironman triathlon. Brutal, brutal. Three, almost 4K swimming, 180K bike, run a marathon. He did it in a great time, 11.25. I wonder if we've trained him specifically for six months, what time he could get and how fast he could really go. Yeah. And when we, when we talk about sort of getting people to the peak of performance and helping people in the best ways that we can, unless we've chucked the kitchen sink at it, I always have that sort of hesitation in my mind. Yeah. And that, that's why when CrossFit finished at, at, in, in May for me at the Masters, I knew I had some, some bike stuff to do over summer. I was just all in on the bike. You know, I'm riding four to five times a week. I'm doing exercises that help me better on the bike, a lot of core stuff, a lot of mobility stuff, because I'm all in on the bike, yeah. you know? So I think that's, I think hopefully that answers the question, mate. I think, I think that's really where... Focus on your main goal. Yeah. But you can always use CrossFit or other stuff as accessory. As accessories. And, you know, I, I think as well, we're, we're almost, you know... Yes, try and try and almost use CrossFit to get there, but be careful sort of how you carry it, you know? Don't, yeah, I finished half Ironman, like, and it took me nine hours. Yeah. Yeah, I know you finished that. You could have done that without, like we said, you could, Josh could get on the rower, 
on day one when I gave him that 20 minute test and he goes screw you I'm going to do it now and I'm going to ask for a refund in my coaching fees <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so so that's what that's where we have to uh, that's where we have to sort of be a little bit realistic and I think there's a rite of passage as well in, in all of these things I think there's a rite of passage as, as we've spoken about a lot around the open there's a rite of passage to do the open scaled yeah Completing the open scaled and making great progress through the year may give you a rite of passage to now attempt to complete the open on, on RX level. Once you're able to do that, that gives you a rite of passage to say, okay, I, I might consider something like yeah. maybe a team at regionals and stuff. There's these rites of passage. And I think the same should be in endurance sports. I see a lot of people coming in to endurance sports and saying, I'm going to do an Ironman. And I just want to punch them clean in the face <laughs> because I just think it's such an insult to that sport and all the great people. Yeah. If anyone says that to me, I'll say, I'd love you to do an Ironman. This is the progress. You're going to do a sprint distance triathlon. You're then going to do an Olympic distance triathlon. You're then going to show that same proficiency at a half Ironman, and then we'll make a decision. The long-term goal, the two- or three-year goal could be to complete an Ironman. And this is actually what Rob Jones did. He wanted to complete an Ironman by the time he was 35. But he was having success in these races. He was having good success in the sprint distance. He was having good success in the Olympic. He'd done the half Ironman twice here in Dubai. He now has earned that rite of passage to go and to to, to do that race. Yeah. And he deserves that medal you get. And he deserves it. It's not like the seven, you know, the seventh place trophy that all kids get nowadays. Yeah. Here we go. Fat loss. Big one. I have lost 0.6 kilos of fat and gained 0.5 kilos of muscle in six weeks. I train three times a week. Is that too slow? Let's take a look at the dedication that's put in. Let's take a look at how much you weigh, how much fat you have, how much muscle you have. I mean... If we're talking about, let's say, you or me, we're already at a pretty decent level muscle-wise and fat-wise. For us to gain a lot of muscle, I would say six weeks for half a kilo wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it really depends on where you are. But let's say we have a client that weighs 200 kilos who wants to lose weight. We can potentially drop five kilos in one week of fat. Yeah. So it really, you know, there's so many factors to play in. Yeah. So you can't always determine and, you know, with the numbers and all, and there'll yeah. always be, you know, some things that are not 100% correct with the machines. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, generally, if your goal was to, I, I, I try and look at this from, you're right, we probably need some more information and they're, they're really good guys. I try and look at this a little bit uh, a little bit more just gives some hard answer here or, or a concrete answer. If your goal was losing weight and in six weeks you've only lost 0.6 of a kg, either, like you say, you're incredibly lean to start with or that's a terrible result. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to sound harsh, but I think that's probably the best way to, to answer that question. Like you said, gaining 0.5 of a kilo of muscle in six weeks, if that's actually genuine muscle gain and not water gain, that's not too bad. I'd expect it to be about one, one and a half kilos in six and, weeks. And what type of training you've been doing? I mean, yeah, we talk about CrossFit training. We're, we're 
we're tapping into quite a lot of different things. Yeah. If I told you to do bodybuilding for six weeks, you could probably gain a lot of muscle potentially. Yes. I can't say of whether you would gain also some fat or lose some fat, but yeah. Um, with CrossFit, you know, it you will lose fat for sure. Yeah. And you will gain muscle for sure. Yeah. But we have to remember that we try and develop quite a lot of different things. Yeah. So that the progression will be steady, but slow, but a good way. Yeah. So <coughs> difficult to give a concrete answer there, but that's both of our takes on it. So hopefully <laughs> that helps. Moving on. Should yeah. women take protein? Because some say yes and some say no. And if yes, what is the best protein to take? I don't think there should be generalized whether you're women or a man. <laughs> I don't think so either. It's, it's not really different. Yeah. Um, we've, we've kind of tapped into this one as well um, on previous podcasts. Or was it today? Yeah, we have, we have a little bit. But I, I want to just bang this one a little yeah. bit again. And this might, it might be a little bit of a rant, but I'm going to go into it. We have a perception that we need protein. We need more protein. You need somewhere between 0.8 to 1.25 grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day. Yeah. I weigh, well, I used to weigh a lot more, but I weigh <laughs> just under 90 kilos now. So if I'm using somewhere in the middle of that, one for one, I need 90 grams of protein a day. Yeah. There are some protein shakes out there that have 50 grams of protein in them. The simple fact is that your body in one single sitting or at one single time is unable to use effectively more than about 20 grams of protein. Exactly. All it does with the excess, those extra 30 grams, if you've had a protein shake, it just try it excretes it through the body, which puts unnecessary pressure on the organs that excrete it, your and digestive your system. And, and your, your wallet because exactly. all that stuff is super expensive exactly and I think there's a big myth on like protein deficiency agree like everyone's like protein 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 it's like calm down yeah maybe try to you know cut down on your carbs instead or yeah. you know it's there's so rare incidents where people actually are lacking amount of protein yes yes um, this is just, the thing yeah so I, I, I think so. Okay, the rant's over. Yeah. We've, had, we've had our piece. So should women take protein? Because some say yes and some say no. If yes, what is the best protein to take? I think categorically people should drop the thought process that they need to be taking additional protein. I think, let, let me give you a really simple example. I use the figure of 20 grams. 20 grams of protein you get from 100 grams of cashew nuts. Easy. That's, that's, what, that's the value of protein in cashew nuts. So I don't think we need to be supplemented. No. The second part to this question is how many days, uh, how many hours per day do you recommend we train one or two? This is, this is super varied. I think it's, yeah, very, it's, it's a really big question and it really depends on your type of training and your goal. Yeah. I think if we have to give like a generalized answer, yeah. once a day, yeah. one hour. Yeah. I agree. Five days a week. I agree. You do and that, you'll be, you'll be fit. Yeah. You'll be fit for life. Yeah. You'll lose weight you'll and gain muscle that applies to 80% of the population yeah 80% of the population can train if they train hard for one hour a day five out of seven days mix your rest days as you want but I want you to have two in seven if you train hard for that one hour a day listen 80% of you are not going to the CrossFit Games 80% of you are not doing a sub 10 hour yeah. Ironman it's you, you, you work yeah 
you work and you we're using sport to make your life better to make your work better to make your family life better to make you feel better to make you look better an hour a day you can do it great before i really was full in the fitness industry i would train one hour a day and on two or three days a week i would have rugby training in the evening there's even elite athletes to take only one hour a day yeah and they just make sure they execute that one hour to perfection they visualize everything before yeah so it's not always about whether you train two or three hours or five hours it's like what is the quality how much time are you on your phone during those training sessions and you you use your phone during training that's cute I I don't. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. See see what else we've got here. Simple one. Is there really a difference between normal water and the Volvic you guys are now selling? Yes, there is. There is. Tell us. Mate, the, the bottom line is the processes, without getting really geeky about pH levels and stuff, the something like, and, and obviously we support Volvic, but something, something like Volvic Water or the other premium water brands, Evian, are brought direct from a source which is super pure. A lot of commercial water brands are not so pure. No. Without going Water into, is not just water. Water is not just water. And you're drinking a lot of it. You should be drinking a lot of it. That is something you need to you need to take care of. So, how much do we need to drink? We need approximately, if you take your body weight, uh, divide it by thirty. That's Whoa. a minimum that you should have. Ninety, thirty, three liters minimum a day. Yeah. I think today I've had five and a half liters already. Easy. I was outside. Just a carry long around time this a morning. water bottle all day long. Make Just sure it's it full all the time. Yeah. And and if you think about it, we we you know chemicals going into your bodies bad bad things kicking around you know we've spoken before on shows about supplements and about not being able to spell what's in there if you're taking in five liters or six liters of water and there's a lot of impurities in it the chlorine levels are too high it's just totally not natural like this is the funny thing as well. If you look, and I don't want to bash the UAE too much, but it's something that you have to look at. The number of water companies we have here is 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 many. There are there are there are you know I don't know two dozen different water brands that you could get. Yeah. All about the same price point, but we don't really have that many natural springs here. So you have to think about where that water is coming from. It doesn't rain too much, and there's not many natural springs. You guys make a decision. You're very educated people because you figured out how to download our podcast, and we appreciate that. So make sure you rate it, though. So if people are in the supermarket, yeah. what water should they get? I suggest people get Volvic. Okay. Volvic I work, or I, I work with Volvic. There's, do, do, listen, people have the choice in the supermarket. I guess the premium water brands, you've got Vitel, you've got Evian, you've got Volvic. Vive you've la France. Something, um, yeah, all from France. Yeah. You've got something like Fiji Water. Um, all of these brands are considered, well, they're premium by price point. You pay more for quality. You can buy, you can buy salmon that's not organic or you, you can buy salmon that's organic and you're looking at least 20 to 30 dirhams more per kilo for the organic stuff. So you can buy good water and you can buy bad water. Yeah. It's the same with absolutely everything. That's why Dolce Gabbana make clothes that I don't buy. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on. What else is jumping out there, mate? We got a, we got time for one or two more. There's a funny one here. Why is there such a culture of alcohol <laughs> and pizza within CrossFit? Yeah, why it's, is that? Yeah, it's it's a bit hard to answer because none of us really are in that part. Yeah, I guess alcohol and pizza is sort of the opposite of of, of what benefits training, and sometimes opposites. 
they do they do attract and I think that's an easy way to gather people and CrossFit is a yeah. community sport and if they can't gather around sports they gather around alcohol and pizza yeah I think that's a that's a very fair it's, way to do it yeah. I, I, I I won't generalize and say before before they were doing CrossFit they were doing alcohol and pizza but I do know from my own experience that a lot of people that have come into CrossFit within our community and within others perhaps indulged in a lot of alcohol for entertainment in the past and now they use CrossFit for entertainment yeah I th- it's 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 actually one of my sort of pet hates though as well. And I remember one day walking into a gym, and in that gym there was a fridge and there was beer in it, in a CrossFit gym. And I was pretty I was pretty upset with that. I don't think that's the right sort of culture. I think it's just you know like some guys or girls. I think it's a bit trendy to be able to hit a workout hard and then yeah. just go grab a beer and be go. casual about it. Yeah, and I, I essentially I don't have a problem with that. It's just when it's when it's a big culture, and I think that's one of the things that 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 we sort of really need to take on a, on a personal level and take some personal ownership for. Listen, if you like alcohol, have some alcohol, but be smart with it. Use yeah. it in variation. You yeah. know, do do I drink alcohol? Yes, I do. You know, I don't lie about it. So have, variation as like having beer and then shots the next day and champagne the third day. Yeah, I keep it. Yeah, well, <laughs> keep morning, it constantly varied. Keep just it like constantly varied. <laughs> no, but I mean, this is the thing, mate. You know, if if once a week I'm having some food or, you know, a, a relaxing evening with my wife, I, I could have one or two beers and one or two glasses of wine. Yeah. I, I, I have a rule that will never, and this might sound a lot, but I want, I'll have one day a week where I drink, but I'll, I'll never have more than five drinks in one sitting. So, and that sitting will come once a week. It's not like I'm having five drinks at lunchtime, five drinks in the dinner, and then the next day doing exactly the same. So, if I have two beers, I might have two or three glasses of wine. That's yeah. that's that's sort of my limit. And you know, I think I think that's what people get a, a little bit wrong. And yes, there is three days on the weekend where you could potentially drink alcohol. And yes, it might come a little bit culturally. Like at the CrossFit Games, they sell pizza and they sell beer. You know, and that's the way it goes. So I, I think you have to take a little bit of personal ownership for it. I think it's sad that that I'm, I'm not, it's not sad that we've received this question, but I think it's sad that this question's come around that yeah. this person perceives that there's a culture of alcohol and pizza within CrossFit. I think that's very sad because it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't, but it's obviously their their feeling and and and, and what's gone across. So yeah. you know, I think. Uh, I think you. I think you have to be. I think we have to be mature about it, and you know, it, I guess, kind of some in some places there is a bit of a culture, and whether it's right, I, I think it's absolutely wrong. But, uh, mate, that's forty minutes worth of questions and, and answers. Yeah, thanks for sending in the questions, and please absolutely. keep sending, and uh, we'll answer as many as we possibly can. And if your your question won't be answered on the show, and you really are have like an urgent question <laughs> just shoot us a message over instagram or facebook yep. and, and we'll, we'll answer it i think that's one thing our, our channels are always open for for good questions yep. and if you do feel it's super urgent and you're gonna not get by the day without us answering it then as andre said flick it through our, our social media channels 
we'll answer it but we got a bunch of questions there we'll redo this show again in three to four weeks but yep. uh, guys thanks a lot for listening thanks a lot for supporting the new show format we've already had some really nice feedback about the focus topics as well as constantly get feedback about our guests and of course please check out our fitness in under three minutes that's our sunday show it takes three minutes we've got some really cool topics in there and the back ones actually i was going through some of the back back ones that we've used we've used some we've we've covered some 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 very cool yeah, things just there, scroll mate. down we have more than 330 podcasts going yeah. so there's a lot on yeah there we go until next time take care Thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the podcast, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Andre. Thanks to you guys for all of your questions. Keep them coming in. As we said, we'll be recording one of these shows every month, so we're going to answer all of your questions. If you get some time, please do hop over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. We really would appreciate that. Got any questions? Mail us, winning at nfight.com. Want to tell us something? Mail us, winning at nfight.com. Until next time, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care.